0: Let's get started. A quick note before we start today's podcast. If you need help building your brewery business plan or updating an old business plan, our brewery business plan course might be just the thing for you. In the course, we're going to go through what sample brewery business plans look like. We'll share business plan templates, financial planning worksheets, scorecards, and bonus tools. We'll go step by step through the process to get your plan done and done right. Business plans do not need to be long to be good, and they do not need to take weeks or months to complete. Once you go through our course, you will have a brewery business plan ready to rock and roll. So if you're interested in checking that out, go to craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com and go to the shop for more details. All of our financial training courses for breweries are included with your subscription to Craft Brewery Financial Training. So for now, please enjoy today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast. My name is Kerry Shumway and I'll be your host. Today I sit down with John Reynolds from BrewPlan. We're going to dig in on all the details of an ABP. What's an ABP? It's an annual business plan. We're going to talk about the different parts of the ABP, the agenda, how to get alignment with your wholesaler, the planning process. We'll dig into all the data that breweries should be looking at, that information, what reports are most important, and how the review process should work. We'll talk about the basic elements of a brand calendar, perhaps one of the most important pieces of your business planning process. We'll also dig in on the marketing plan and how to create your marketing budget. We'll talk about rules of thumb. Very often, breweries will ask, you know, how much should my marketing spend be? How much should I allocate for this? John has got some answers and some guidance for you, and he'll talk about his recommendations on how breweries should think about their marketing plan and what tools they should use to organize that marketing game plan. So for now, please enjoy my conversation with John Reynolds from BrewPlan. Hey, John, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Gary. It's great to have you back. And we did a round one uh, some time ago, so I will put a link in the show notes here. So, folks want to check out our first conversation. Uh, a lot of great stuff there. I recommend they do that. So, today we're going to talk about, you know, year-end planning for breweries. Talk about best practices, tips, checklists, things of that nature. Really, talk about what breweries should do and when. Maybe think about pricing and markets, marketing strategy, and we'll dig in on some specific areas. Um, where you're guiding your clients these days. So before we jump in, uh, why don't you give some listeners some background on yourself, on your company, and the services that you provide?
1: Great. Uh, I'm uh, My company name is BrewPlan, LLC. I am uh, an industry vet of 42 years in the beer business, mostly with regional brewers and craft brewers. I consult for craft breweries, wineries, and craft spirits. Um, my clients include three medium-sized craft brewers, a tap room. I sell wines from uh, international co- uh, countries: New Zealand, Italian, Aussie, uh, California, and South American. I'm looking to launch a new product uh, out of the Netherlands in the ready-to-drink coffee and malt base segments. They also have a vodka, and I'm also working with a CBD non-alcoholic company. Based here in the states to help them uh, get the feet underneath them and go to market strategy. So I'm also um, on the staff at the University of Vermont uh, Business of Craft Beer as a certified instructor in sales and distribution.
0: Excellent, a lot of good stuff there, and a lot of a lot of different projects you got going on. Those sound sound very cool. Nice. So let's dig in on planning, and let's. I, th- I think the framework we'll follow is. Is one that you had suggested, which is let's kind of talk through the annual business plan. Maybe you can kind of take us through the basics like, what is an annual business plan and why is this important? Excellent.
1: Uh, Good starting point. Uh, In case people don't get the abbreviation, ABP stands for annual business plan. It happens uh, usually in the fall period, uh, right at towards the end of the year in the months between October. And December, Uh, you make appointments with either the sales manager of a distributorship. So the brewery leads by making that appointment and getting on the uh, calendars of the major uh, players inside of a distributorship. Uh, You check in on, so the what is really checking in on their brand performance. It allows you to assess what's happened this year and potentially look at next year for some goals that you jointly combine When, we already talked about that in the fall. Who, obviously sales will lead the discussion, but there are several people that would benefit from being participants in an ABP, possibly the CEO, your marketing managers, uh, possibly a finance person or a production operations that uh, works with logistics. There's a lot of people that could really be a partner in uh, in that game. And why? It gets everybody on the same page. You're focused. You set expectations between you, the brewery, and your distributor partners. And there's no gray area. You cover all the bases from A to Z on volume, goals, budgeting. And so that kind of becomes the annual business plan.
0: I like it. So a nice structured approach to planning. So some of the parts of that annual business plan include the agenda, getting alignment, planning in, in detail, and so forth. Could you take us through those those different parts and uh, what are the key takeaways there?
1: Sure. Let's start with the agenda. The agenda is important because it puts a framework around what you're going to talk about. The, the The agendas are published in advance of the meeting to get everybody thinking about, let's call it, the top 10 points that need to be covered. You absolutely have to have your agenda set Before you get to the meeting, because there's some background that needs to take place on both sides. Um, So, what's in an agenda? Well, a successful ABP revolves around some really qualitative analysis on the data side, and then some uh, quantitative analysis uh, on the uh, on the analytical side. So, the analytics come first because you have to work on performances. performance uh, results of the previous year. Sometimes it's a ranking report. You do that by brand, skew versus year ago, off-premise, on-premise channel reports. might do a sales route report. You might do a beer style report. Um, And then that's followed by distribution. Distribution points on-premise, off-premise. You might take it down to the C stores or food versus drug versus uh, maybe a even on premise uh, uh, venues that are big, big accounts like a sports uh, stadium or something like that. That's followed then by structuring some what are called smart goals. And and everybody's familiar that smart, you know, really means uh, measurable attainable. It's all about getting to the actual what's realistic. So, Realistic in a table, not blue sky. And a lot of times the brewery comes up with their own goals and you ask the distributor to come up with their goals and you do it by brand. You might do it by skew and you're trying to get to a, a meeting point. You're trying to get to a 50, 50 that says, you know, I am I might give there because I understand you did this or did that. So goals are important and uh, there's, there's something that you can do to to help both sides of that equation. And that's send out what's called a forecast worksheet or a forecast work work table. So that's sent out way in advance of the, the actual ABB meeting. You send it to the sales manager. You ask them to complete it. They come back, and that really becomes the distributor's goals. So the distributor then sets their own goals, and then between that and the manager, the, the the brewery manager, they can work towards what can be added in, because if the sales manager is going to do a forecast and they don't know exactly what's going to be provided in the maybe 2022, in this case, next year, they're guessing. So there's some give and take and there's some things that happen after the ABP meeting to adjust the workbook or adjust the worksheet upwards or lower it because of certain things that aren't going to happen this year. You plan to work with their team and your team. In other words, you set a work plan for the market. You schedule visits, whether it's once a quarter, once a month, depending on how big the market is, you actually get on their calendars and you force yourself and your salespeople to be in that market when you call for it. You might do a crew drive. You might do something else, but you get the plan set on the agenda. The agenda also includes a calendar which is a product launches and new packaging and things that are going to take place that you're going to uh, programs promotional opportunities. That's maybe discounts or might be uh, displays or, or active, uh, you know, sales promotion or cat or uh, consumer promotion programs, Uh, pricing. I I think that's part of the agenda. Uh, If you look at what's happening right now to our own business, uh, price is going to be a big, big factor next year. We're talking about major increases for not only craft brewers, but the mainline brewers as well, uh, both in cases and in kegs. So that's got to be on your agenda. You can't surprise them with that. you got to talk about it and say, if we come with this type of price increase, where does that take us to in terms of the price point to the consumer next year? So that's all about getting together with them and formulating a strategy around the price increase. When do you do it? When is it best to hit the market with it? What packages should we take up first? What, you know, all about its timing as well as amounts. And then uh, sales and brand investment. I This is really a difficult area for some uh, craft brewers because they don't have a lot of money. Um, and yet, you know, if you're going to put your money behind your brand, that distributor is going to work harder for you. So I encourage you to think about investing in your business. Um, it can be. It can start out small. If you don't have a big base, don't go hog wild and spend a lot, a lot of money hoping you'll get it back. But as you build your business, particularly if you're gonna, um, you're being your tenth ABP with this distributor, you now can ratchet up your per case amount that you're going to spend with that uh, distributor. It really is an annual spend plan. It's comprehensive. We'll talk about that in a minute. So that's the agenda. It's it's comprehensive. And it's all about uh, both sides contributing to it because when you send it to them, they may want some things on it that you didn't put on it. Um, You talk about the year in review. We've kind of mentioned that with the data analysis. Uh, Future planning is the forecasting workbook. Marketing alignment is the brand investment piece. It's all about you aligning your marketing programs and doing them in the months that makes sense with the distributor and putting them on a calendar that's, fits what's going on in the house. So while you may want it in March or April because it's pre-summer, they may prefer it in June or July. You might have to be a little flexible on when you do things. Also if you want what's called your own uh I, I call it a proprietary month where you get a lot of incentives going on your business only. Um that might have to be negotiated too, because they may have things already slated in ahead of you with some of their larger brands. So you got to be flexible. That's the parts of an ABP.
0: Mm, good stuff. When you, so let's just, I want to double back on a couple of these. So when you, when you look at that agenda, do you typically see, well, I guess the question is who is setting that agenda? Do you typically see the brewery is doing that supplier or is that coming from the wholesaler or is it collaborative?
1: I I look at the brewery to lead. I always suggest that the brewery leads the agenda. Uh they have the most information about what's going into the plan. Um and I ask the distributor to do uh let's call it edits, add-ons, deletions. So the collaboration part comes back the other way that says, "You know, we really like 124 and 11, but we don't like the ones in between. We'd like to see these things moved up and covered first, or we'd like to see these Uh, either added on or these deleted. So it's kind of a work in progress, but I really think the brewery should lead it.
0: And then as far as the data, obviously there's a lot of pulling together of reports. You mentioned rank reports, things of this nature. Who, is it similar in that fashion? Like who's, who do you see pulling this information, aggregating it, brewery, wholesaler, both?
1: I actually think, again, the brewery should lead because they have more information about what's going on with the brand outside of that one market. In other words, the brand is larger than one distributor. It's usually 10 distributors or 30 or 50. So the brewery leads and gives them the big picture. This is what we're doing with our brand. And this is how our brand is performing. And you might be part of that Mr. Distributorship. In other words, you are a small, uh, let's say, fraction of the business, but you're important because every distributor's business leads to the total. And I would then say, you need to pull your own data, Mr. Distributor, so you know internally, where do you stand? What's your trend lines? What what packages do you see as the top performers? What do you see coming that's maybe we don't see because we're not in that market? So it's a kind of a collaboration at the end. About both sets of data coming together to maximize what happened, what did what happened last year, and then where are we really going to find the open holes or the opportunities for next year?
0: Gotcha, so picking up on that thread, you know what do you what data should the breweries be looking at and or what information, what reports are most important in this planning process?
1: Okay. I, I mean, I always use the 80-20 rule. It's it's where 20 distributors or 20% of the distributors represent 80% of the business. So it, it works the same for a brand uh, or a skew. You probably have 20% of your SKUs are 80% of the brand's business. So you fish where the fish are. You literally cover the big items. So from a brewery's perspective, they're going to cover their top, 10 distributors that usually represent close to 80% of their business. They're going to rank you in those 10 and say, here's where you come out. Here's how you're doing performing against our top 10. And here's how you rank amongst those 10. So that's one chart. I mean, that's a that's a performance overview that compares you to everybody else that, that's selling that band. Okay. So it's important that you do a distributor rank. And then I think you get down to a brand skew level. Now, this could be looking at your individual beer styles, your IPA, your hazy, your lagers, your sours, your seltzers, your seasonal business. It could be a, you could take it down to a skew level where you're looking at draft versus package. You could look at cans versus bottles. You could look at new items that just hit like a 19.2 ounce can. You could look at... Uh, crawlers. Uh, Like tap rooms are starting to go to market with crawlers. That might be an interesting item to tee up and see if that fits with others. It might be that you want to look at rankings of those SKUs on performance. In other words, where am I getting the biggest lift from? And it might be that you want something like a 15-pack value pack, a 15-pack can, and that is really hot. So that might take a, a big part of the discussion because you want to make sure that that distribution is there. If you are la- lacking in distribution but growing rapidly, you got a lot of holes to fill. If your hazy mm-hmm. IPA is way up and your IPA is down, maybe you need to adjust some of your uh, money or your efforts onto the hazy, or maybe it's sours that are kicking it. You need to look at all the business, look at look at beer styles, look at uh, packaging. And now, because on premise has returned, you should be looking at draft. It's very important to your total business for a craft brewer. And then you move on to distribution. So, points of distribution are very important to a brand simply because if you're not in 50, 60, 70% of the accounts, you've got a lot of work to do. Um, and on premise is more difficult than off. So while you might have 70, 80% of the off-premise placements in your market, you might be 40% and on. So it's all about you winning the war over time. But the effort of finding out where those holes are. So a distributor can really help a brewery here because they're in those on-premise accounts every every week, if not at twice or three times a week. They know what handles are coming available. They know what brands are, are selling in those accounts. They know what promotions the bar or restaurant likes to run. They know what your brand has for compliment type, let's call it an on-premise kit, glassware, tap handles, um, maybe signage. They can fit you into that program. But not, not unless you know where they are, where the fish are missing. So you got to get them to help you there, uh, and then points of distribution. In other words, it might be that you're you're leading with your IPA, but you're missing out on so many other beer styles that have good momentum, but they just don't have the placements. So maybe you run incentives with the distributor to go after those holes, those distribution of uh, low points of distribution rather than always focusing on your lead item. Maybe it's a logger, maybe it's an IPA. In any event, you come up with examples at the very end of analyzing the data, what are your top five points that you want in the program for next year? It might be pushing for better on-premise distribution. It might be building a keg business in special events that are lacking in that market. It might be launch a 19.2-ounce can for your hazy and for sours. It might be go after the lager segment in 2022 because you were up 80% last year. Or it might be that you really have a big need for more point of sale. Just you aren't putting enough into the market to show up and the consumer's missing you. Those could be your top five points. They're
0: examples. Mm, That's great. And do you, so you is that number top five, is that something you recommend or is that just sort of by way of example?
1: Okay, that's an example, but that might be an outflow of what your data is showing. It could be a summary of the five key points that your data pointed out to the distributor at the end, because after you get in the minutia of the data, you sometimes get lost. You sometimes get lost between you and that sales manager that's trying to take notes or between you and what you think you're presenting, and they just didn't get uh, the takeaway. So I recommend that at the very end, you summarize the top five selling points that are for next year.
0: I love that. And that can also serve for your internal business planning. So you grab those, say it's top five and you've articulated what they are and you're on page of the wholesaler and that can inform your financial planning as well. Right. Because it's cascading through.
1: Exactly. And sharing that forecast once you finally get it to the final point. With the finance team, with the operations team, so they can look at their brewing schedule with the uh, production or the the planners that uh, do the purchasing, or with the CEO even that's got to go in front of the board. You know, I mean, the answer is your key investors all want to know what are you going to sell next year. Once you've done your ABP meetings, you roll up the forecast. You have an indication then of potentially what's realistic and attainable.
0: So that's the data and the numbers. Let's shift gears and talk about a brand calendar. So maybe take us through what is this thing? What is this brand calendar? How does it work? What should be included on that? I
1: think it's probably the most useful tool of the ABP. It's one page. It tells you what your next year's plan is. It tells you a lot of things. Let me give you some examples. Um, They're done several different ways. I encourage everybody to go, to go to the uh, internet and look at all the 2022 brand release calendars that are out there, whether they're in a magazine, uh, I think Punch or one of those uh, does a review porch drinking or one of them does a review every year of all the brand release calendars. And if not, you can go to the internet and just type in 2022 brand release calendar. It comes up in the, uh, in the images Uh, with all the ones that are already posted. So down the left-hand side, you'd normally have your brands uh, listed, and they'd be categorized primarily in four major categories. So year rounds, the year rounds are usually first because they're normally the biggest. They're the largest volume for the brewery, so you want to focus in on them first. Um, Seasonals are usually next. And for some breweries, there are a couple seasonals that outsell some of their year-round. So seasonals can be important to certain breweries. That's usually followed by limited releases or specialty items. Now that can be big bottles. That could be uh, special. Uh, Brewery uh, barrel aged. It could be uh, things that they only bring out once in a great while, maybe every five years. It might be something that they did special for an anniversary. All of that usually fits under limited releases and barrel aged. And then the last section is kind of, I would say, up to the brewery, but it's uh, diversification is one. Uh, For instance, if you are in craft spirits, you might put that down there. If you're in wine, you might put that down there. Canned wine is showing up in some of the craft breweries right now. If you're in hard seltzer or hard cider, that would all show up down on the bottom of your chart. Um, and if you're a seltzer only brewery, obviously you're going to have seltzers all the way down and you might have in and outs and all kinds of different things. So it, it I always leave it open on the bottom for what a retailer thinks is important to them. Variety packs. So a lot of times, go down there. Value pack items that are brand new might have its own section on a on a planning calendar, um, only because the volume potential is so high. Uh, the other thing that might go down there are special bottles that you'd buy, put wax all over them, and you know they're just very unique and different, and they command a higher price point, and they usually command a higher margin. So this calendar, what, what's, what's the major use for the calendar? Well, I look at it as three things. One, the sales team revolves around it. This is how they find out what you're doing. So you put all your programming on there. If you put all your brand releases, as well as maybe some of your major sales promotions, you have something for them to live off of. So they. what I do is I, I post it in the sales room. I, I make an uh, enlarged version. Uh, 11 by 17, and I put it on the on the bulletin board. I also make sure that every sales rep that's selling my beer has it in their pocket, has it in their folder, their book that they take to the market. So the sales reps meet with uh, you know, the distributors, and you can make sure that everybody's working off the same page. If you change the calendar, you have to send it out again. They have to update it, right? They have to change it and put a new book up. And finally, the last part is the retailers use it with uh, consumers. So they show consumers that come in asking, hey, when's this new brand from, uh, you know, uh, Three Floyd's Brewery coming out or Wormtown? When's the next Wormtown uh, brand release or new limited coming up? They've got that information if you did your homework. So I think it's important for everybody to be on the same page. You can also post it on your website and Facebook page. Uh, uh, Sorry, uh, your competitors like to steal it from there, but Hey, eventually you are going to get their hands on it anyways. So you really would hope that the consumers are going there and can see it on their own. So I would tell you hiding it doesn't do you any good. Cause somebody's going to find it. And uh, mm-hmm. so those are, that's what goes on the brand planning calendars. And they're all different done different ways, different structures. Some are uh, portrait, some are uh, landscape, some are big fold up, you know, I saw one from Sam Adams that was four pages one time that, I mean, they got a lot going on, so they need to show it in different ways. So it's important that you get it all on there.
0: Great tool, right? And sometimes the most effective tools are the simplest tools. Exactly. Exactly. So let's shift to talk about marketing, your marketing plan, your budgeting. So how do you recommend breweries think about marketing and what tools should they use to organize this game plan?
1: Okay. I always look at marketing as as something that will help everyone in the, you know, the business, the brewery itself, the distributor and the brand equity. It's all about building brand equity. So a marketing fund is established a lot of times by the brewery simply because They have a feel of other distributors your size on what is realistic. What do you think that a distributor of your similar size would spend? Now, this can vary because you might be early in the game. You might be just launching, like a taproom's just coming to market. So you might be down in that 50 cents a case or even less. You could be a quarter a case. You know, I mean, it's your infancy, so you never know, but – If you've got a good sized distributor, they aren't afraid to put their money if they see a very good plan. So I would not be shy if you are approaching a Butter Miller distributor or a good sized craft beer house with a a dollar a case or a dollar fifty a case to help promote your brand. It's when you get up to two and three dollars a case where the distributor looks at you kind of pretty funny and goes, "What do you think we are, the Bank of Boston?" You know, come on. The answer is it, it can be superfluous. It can be you're asking for blue sky. It's not going to happen. So be realistic. And then once you know what the forecast is, remember the ABP process will get you to a forecast. You now can take that, let's say it's a dollar a case and you have uh, 6,000 cases. You're going to spend together $6,000. Now, you might split that and say, look, I'll put in 50 cents, you put in 50 cents. Or if the distributor says I'll go up to 75, then you each put in 75. Now you got $1.50 a case and $9,000. So it's kind of working towards a budget that's total dollars. Now, how do you break that down? Well, obviously, you're going to probably do some price promotion uh, right up, you know, once a quarter, you're going to post off or you're going to. You're going to go with some sort of package at a deep price point to see if you can get a display, get an ad feature, something that drives more volume than just sell it to them at the everyday price. You're trying to excite the retailer. Now, along with that, it wouldn't hurt for you to have a dealer loader like a cooler, a grill or some sort of wearable or something, sports tickets, anything that you can put your logo on and say This is something of value, and and it's legal to put that on the display and give it away to a consumer. So they might run a text-to-win promotion along with that post-off. Now they're looking at you as having something of value in their store that looks nice, has your brewery featured. That's where the post-off comes in. You might want to run some sales incentives, whether it's a placement incentive to get your brand uh, featured. When, When I was talking about having some of those brands selling uh, less than 50% points of distribution, those are the rent brands that you want to incentivize. You lo- you want to go after those those opportunity brands that are selling well, but they aren't in very many places. So you push the sales force to work that for you, whether it be off-premise or on, and you have a minimum level of cases. You just want two, two or maybe three cases that you you set it at, and you give them so many dollars a case to place it. It varies depending on how, how aggressive you want to be, but it could be 5 to $10 a case off-premise. And it could be, if you're going to go with kegs, it could be $50 up to $100 a keg placement, and you split that. So that goes in the incentive camp. tap handles, wearables, permanent POS, like display pieces, lighted signs, uh, everything that goes into what's like tacker signs. Um, posters, even that are expensive or framed. And then you have your, let's call it Chotsky items, stickers, keychains, et cetera. And then you have glassware. You might have a real fancy glass. I think Guinness and Stella are the two kings in this regard. But, you know, breweries have really nice glassware. So you can run the, the glassware promotion in conjunction with the wholesaler, go land some on premise placements. Coasters are always a big thing because they, they're cheap and they're they're also uh, effective because they're in front of the consumer. And you might have some printing charges or wearables that you want to kick in to dress the sales force up or have them run contests, uh, even for the bar or the restaurant. If you're going to do some incentives, throw some wearables their way. All of that adds up. Maybe it's even truck wrap, you know, big decals or digital media, marketing money. Everything has to fit in that six to nine thousand dollars, and then uh, you grow it next year. So you develop a budget. You come together, each put in your money. Then you review it at the end of the year. What worked? What didn't? What do we need to change for next year? So if you've already done it the previous year, that's your first discussion. What did we? What did we spend our money on? And what did we get? I would caution that one thing that uh, some breweries do that I. I would never do, is don't leave any money on the table. If you leave money on the table at the end of the year and you didn't spend it, the brewery's taking it away from you. As a sales guy, that's on you. So I would tell you, always run another post-off or get an in cap display or do a pop-up promotion or spend it on a billboard. I don't care, but spend the money. You know, I always like in-store samplings, Carrie. I think in-store samplings put the product – in the consumer's hand, they taste it and they buy. It's I know it's a lot of work. I know it gives up your weekend nights, Fridays, Saturdays, whatever, but they're effective. And if the store allows you to run them, you run more than one and show your commitment to that store for your brand being on display. That's the marketing spend budget in a nutshell. Tastings and samples are usually co-opt anyways between the distributor and the And the uh, brewery. So it's all about making sure that you are doing the most with your money to build demand and brand equity along with that. Uh, One of the other things I like is brewery trips. Um, I like to get the sales force to the brewery to do a kickoff meeting or a follow up meeting when you're launching a new beer. Or a new package, a big package like a variety pack, or a, a, something that's going to really knock the doors off. Or you're unveiling a new marketing campaign for the brand. Uh, that might be the place to dress them up in the wearables and send them home all excited and full of beer and food and whatever. I, I really like brewery trips. I think they're very important. And that uh, that really summarizes the the marketing budget and POS
0: review. These are the times I'm so happy we're recording this because I'm going to go back and listen and re-listen because there's so much great stuff you just shared with us. One thing I want to double back on is when this question comes up a lot when you're setting your budget, everyone wants to know like, well, how, what should my marketing budget be like? And from the perspective of, say, a brewery. Now, you gave some some ranges of, say, 50 cents a case, a dollar a case, two dollars. Do you see, and I know this will be a hard question to answer but maybe answering it generally, what do you see generally as an average investment per case in marketing spend?
1: You know, for my the the three brewers I consult with now, it's a dollar fifty is the average. Uh, some started at two dollars uh, their first years, rather than go the other way where you're going down to a fifty cents. They actually started with a bigger investment in year one, and it goes down in year two and down in year three. So it went from $2 to $1.50 to $1. So it lay, at the third year, we're averaging $1. We are averaging a dollar. we do not go below a dollar in any of, any of the three operations that I'm, I'm working with. And by that time, you're hoping that you have 20, 30,000, 40,000 cases built up. Now, that doesn't mean you will, but if you have a hot brand, you're definitely going to have those type of numbers. Uh, if you have uh, more, uh, let's say you roll out an entire state rather than just one market, you got a better shot of getting there. So that's that's how I do it with them: is make that big bite in the first year and make sure that brand hunts. If it hunts, then you then you got a, a base business to spend against at a little bit lower level next year, and then a little bit lower level that kind of into perpetuity, something like that.
0: And is that dollar fifty? Is that typically split between brewery and wholesaler equally, or is that
1: uh no, that's uh I like to have three dollars if uh total total money because when you start buying media, you start buying media. I don't care if it's outdoor boards or radio or even social media. you run out of money quickly. so three dollars total, dollar fifty. Uh, and remember, we're down to two dollars. In year three, dollar, dollar, dollar brewery, dollar distributor.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So we've got our brand calendar. We've got our marketing plan. We've got our agenda and so forth. We've done the meeting. Hopefully everybody's on the same page. So what happens next? You know, what what do you recommend as far as how to kind of keep an eye on the plan, how to follow up? What does communication look like in terms of frequency, frequency? What kind of information is going on you know once we hit the ground running with this abp plan okay
1: so the the let's call it the next steps the next steps of you've done your abp you've come to an agreement on what's in the plan uh the brewery goes home and they summarize the meeting okay so the brewery took notes the distributor took notes during the meeting it's, I, I always like the, the the brewery sales manager to recap the meeting, uh, what was decided and agreed upon, and including your volume goals by brand and SKU. That becomes, the let's call it the final workbook, the final worksheet, whatever you want to call it. It's the final forecast. It's a, it, We both sign off on it. Distribution goals, that's on and off premise by brand, sometimes by beer style or SKU, but by brand. Where are we taking this brand and What are are our opportunities for gaining distribution next year? The spend plan uh, is the third point, and that's dollars per case, and you might take that out a couple years. So you might say, in year one, we're spending this, year two, year three, and it's all on a case-equivalent basis. Uh, And then marketing plans and programs, that's your brand calendar. So once the calendar is set, in other words, everything on that is agreed upon – you got a final calendar to work with with your team, and then sales incentives and distro programs. You need to agree that we're going to run in these months uh, during the year, whether it's March, April, uh, you know, June, July, August, September, and November, December, whatever the months are. You agree those are the distro programs. Then, which is your brewery month? Which is the month that you're going to get the most action? They pick one. So the answer is you get a let's agreed upon month that you do a crew drive or you do something that's really, really uh, important to the launch of the brand. And then you're in market support. How many times are you coming to the market? How many times are you going to come during all these distro drives that we're going to run all year and we're going to give you some uh, incentive money to, uh, you know, work the brand while you're there? And then uh, you could have on premise visits versus off. There's a lot of different uh, ways to skin the cat there. Um and then finally, I always like to uh get I, I call it a pre-order of POS. Um these these POS items cost a lot of money. You don't want to guess, right? How many tacker signs? How many glasses do you want? How many uh truck decals are you gonna put on? How many uh how many wearables do you want for incentives or for something? How many trips to the brewery are we gonna do? Are we gonna do one or You're going to run, you know, run over here every month, Uh, large items. You need to know what the cost is. So what I do is I send them a POS co-op POS booklet, if you will. It's usually three, four pages of all the items you have and have them have an order line. How many pieces do you want? Here's what they cost. You have that order total up to the total dollars. Now they can compare that to what's in the budget. So, now they know, am I under or over budget on POS? So that's, that's kind of what I do, and that's really the synthesis. Now, one final step is every quarter you do what's called a follow-up visit, uh, and you compare actuals to budget. So the distributor uh, sales manager and the brewery sales manager meet every quarter to go over the plan. And what they do is they go over what what you budgeted for volume, they budget what you budgeted for distribution, what you budgeted for spend, and they go over all the things that are in that plan. What's working? What's not working? What should we enhance? What should, maybe we should take money away from one of these things that we haven't spent on and put it over here because it's really working. Um, you know, it's give and take during the year, but you're not overspending. You are. You are moving money around to what's uh, driving the business. And when you get to the year the quarter three if if you are not delivering the budget volume and you've tried and exhausted all of the things that you put in the plan to to get that volume, you better start cutting your spend. And that hurts because it hurts to tell a sales guy, you're not getting that money. we're We're way under budget. And we're way overspent. Uh, CFOs don't like that. They they usually put their thumb down and go, "That's not happening on my watch." So then the sales guy has to say, "Agreed. I totally agree." The distributor is going to get cut in the fourth quarter. That really hurts your brand. But it wasn't helping your brand on the, for the first three quarters. What makes you think it's going to help you in the last quarter? So then you're you're playing, uh, you know, you're playing a little bit of hardball but you're also playing good business strategy and business sense on the bottom line. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the give and take that I see.
0: Excellent. So there's obviously lots and lots of details that we've covered here. Do you, is if somebody wants needs some real handholding on this, how would you recommend um, they go about that? Is that something you would work with them on? Tell, maybe tell us a little bit about how that might work.
1: Sure, um, you know I'm I'm open to doing consulting work. I'm at the latter part of my career. Uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm looking at I think they call it Medicare. So you know I'm looking at that 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 horizon. But I'm I'm willing to help. I uh, I do that because I I do the same thing at the University of Vermont by trying to teach them. But if they want help, I'd suggest they get a hold of me. Uh, I I have a website brewplan.com. Um, I have uh, uh, my email is brewplanmarketing at gmail.com on the website. I have a Facebook page uh, for BrewPlan. Uh, My cell phone number is 608-386-9430. They're welcome to call. I would charge them a nominal fee for just questions. In other words, hey, I got 10 questions for you. Okay, well, I'll give you a fee for that and I'll answer your 10 questions. Now, if you want to engage me, we'd work out a program. Uh, they'd tell me what the uh, scope of the project is. I'd tell them how long and I'd bid it for them. So that's kind of how I work. And uh, I could do it on an hourly basis if they want me really involved, like actually coming up with a plan and uh, doing the strategy and doing, the, let's call it the calendars and all that, then we'd talk about a retainer type program. So that's how I work.
0: Excellent. That's That's very thorough and a great service. So John, this has been fantastic. As always, I love our conversations. So much great information. Thank you for sharing with everybody. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time... Get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.